Hello, hi, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Moosey Raglan from Weekly Motivations, the podcast. And I have with us today a very special guest. Her name is Connie McNutt. And she is here to share her message with you all today. So I want you to chime in. And her message is to have the courage and to continue to move forward. Embrace that power that is within you so that you can walk through trauma, okay? And no matter what you do, you can turn your life around. These are her messages. You have the ability to survive anything that you have gone through or that you are still facing today. You have the ability to face your challenges and you can survive it. You can overcome anything that you are facing today. Okay. So I want to welcome you. Connie, hi. Uh, hi, how are you? <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much you. for joining us. Absolutely. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Um, California. I was born in California, but grew up in Arkansas. Um, didn't come back to California until my young adulthood, mid 20 all right. So, so most of my rearing is from the South. <laughs> okay. So how was that culturally? Was that, were you integrated with the different cultures or how, how, how was that? No, you know, it was really hard to leave California and because I lived in the Mojave Desert in California. And then when we moved to Arkansas, there were all these trees and it was also green and like, I couldn't see anything. You know, when you live in the desert, it's all vast. And it's, I know a lot of people bang on the desert because it's bare and brown. But, I mean, the golden hues were so beautiful at dusk and dawn. And I used to swing on my swing and look at the valley and the mountains. And then I get to Arkansas and there's these trees and they're everywhere and they're right up on you. And I felt so claustrophobic so I and now that I'm back in California I miss the greenery of the trees so it's funny it's always better somewhere else I guess okay so did you spend a lot of time in Arkansas very good explaining that I like that very good <laughs> thank visual. you yeah I uh, moved to Arkansas when I was 10 um and didn't come back to California until I was 27 so okay. it was it was Oh, it was a long time that I spent in the South, but I really missed the desert a lot. Were people together there? Like, you know, because you're from the West Coast when you were growing up and you know how we're all together in one big pot and we all get together. And you know, it is interesting because in, in the South, I grew up in Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And in the South, the community, sense of community is a lot stronger than it is here in Los Angeles. Um, and, and there are that togetherness and the, the family dinner on the weekends, getting together, you know, I dated guys that had really big families and, and there were always gatherings and dinners and, you know, celebrations. Um, and there's not that. And that was never really a big part of my family, but that was a big part of the culture that I got to experience while I lived in the South. That's true. I do. I did see that when I've traveled there. It's a lot of family. It is. It is. And what about the culture? Were, were 
did you see a lot of the mixed diversity of the culture of their up there? Well, I, uh, you no. know, it's interesting because in when I grew up in the desert, I lived in an impoverished area called Lancaster, uh, California, and um, I was friends with a lot of different culture kids from different backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds. So for me, moving to Pine Bluff, Arkansas, it was not that big of a shock to be around a mixed diversity of culture. Um, oh, so it was but, down there? And now that I'm back in Los, it was, it was very, well, it was, it's, it's being a white person in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, I was a minority. Oh, so, oh, okay. yeah, I was, I was actually offered a minority scholarship to UAPB, University oh. of Arkansas, Pine Bluff okay. in my senior year. Yes. Um, I ended up going further north to a, a college further north in Arkansas, but um, yeah, so I was, I, I've always enjoyed being around people from different backgrounds yeah, and than that's myself, funny. and I think, that's go ahead, funny. I'm sorry. No, really quick, just, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I was just reading last night, have you ever heard of you and, it's, it's a college, United Negro College Fund, have you ever heard of that? I have. And so I was really shocked to see that written on a piece of paper in this day and age, right? But, and so somebody was asking, well, can, do you have to be, do you have to be a person that can be a different race? And I said, of course, you can do that in order to join a college. It's just, that's what the name of it is. And I'm like, but still on the day, people still use the word Negro. <laughs> Right. But some people say it that feels archaic. It feels a week like I'm like, huh? But they have built colleges and funding around that name, Negro. So uh, yeah. And then, then you could you don't have there's like so it's not just has I has I so I opened my mind, right? So I said, okay. You don't have to just be like of a black person, right? To just get those funds you could be of anything so I just so I changed my way of thinking and said okay I'm not gonna think like oh that has to that word's used just for black people because it's not it, but you're right it does require a bit of a paradigm shift in yourself to be able to wrap your head around it in this day and age because this what's yeah. going on even in the schools are still using that so I could I could see them offering you that that, that college <laughs> like that. right so it, the whole thing is just weird but oh you know okay <laughs> right <laughs> we're not gonna claim that anybody I guess is for everyone we're we're just all we exactly all, I'll take it <laughs> yep exactly Bonnie <laughs> okay now you were trying to make a point you were trying to make a point before I interrupted you do you remember what you were going to say? Okay. No, I don't. I am Let's, so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Let's get into your story. So I'm, okay. Yeah. This is this is a story of overcoming the. This is what I want to complete my sentence. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. 
But this is a topic where I strongly believe in. That's why I'm so honored to have you on the show. This is why I have this Thank podcast. You. you are so welcome. I'm so happy and honored to have you here because your story is exactly what I try to, I need so it could be said to parents. Mothers, stop leaving your daughters at home with your boyfriends that you just met or your husbands that you just married. Stop doing that, please. And men, if you have, stop leaving your kids with just anyone. This is not just a one-sided situation where just men are just this way, right? Women are too. Yeah. Boys get hurt too. Yes. So just please stop leaving your children unattended with people that you really don't know. This is what this show is about today. So Connie, I'm going to let you share your story. Tell us about your childhood. What was it like growing up? Um, well, it was chaotic. I was born into addiction and confusion and violence. Um, I was taken home from the hospital to my grandmother's home where my aunt still lived. She hadn't moved out yet. And I was taken home on Halloween night and put right by the door. My bassinet was put right by the door and trick-or-treaters were coming and going and they slid. I slept right through all of it. Um, and it was my grandmother and my aunt that uh, took a lot of care of me. My mother after she had me, she, I think she lived there off and on, but she was in and out a lot. Um, so my primary caregivers were my grandmother and my aunt in, initially in the beginning. Um, and, and they kept life. Connie? You're kind of going in and out. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Is that better? Uh, we're having a little back connection. Um, you can hear me okay? Yes, keep on talking. Yes, go ahead. Okay. So um, my grandmother was an alcoholic. Um, she was one of those. Can you? I can't hear you. You keep going. It's okay. If I mute. No, okay. If, it, if I mute, this is because I need uh, the producer to check on services, but you keep talking. Oh, okay. Hey, um, there was was a fair person. Connie, you're going. Big, I can't. I can't catch it. You're going in and out. Let me take my earbuds out. Yes. Let's take yes. Okay. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Connie. Connie? No. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a minute. Did you unplug your ear? Did you unplug them, like turn them off? Can you hear me? You can hear me talking to you. Can you hear me, Connie? You can't? 
Okay. Something, something unplugged on your site, honey. Go ahead, take your time. Let's see. How about that? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. What'd you do? Did you turn something okay. off? I turned off the Bluetooth. That's what I was saying. Turn that off. Okay. Oh. Uh, now I can hear you clear now, Connie. That, yeah, don't use those. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's not use those. We'll, we'll stay away from those. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. Okay. So tell me, let's go back. When, let's go back. Yes. When I was... Uh, so it was pretty much my grandmother and my aunt and my mother was like in and out of the picture. Um, but when I was about five, my mother decided that she wanted me to move in with her. And so I was taken away from my home, my toys, my animals, my grandmother, my aunt um, to live in this place that I had never seen before. And, and it was a, it was a it, I remember she had these cattails in a vase over by a door. And I mean, it was just, it was nothing like what I had, what I was used to my whole life. Um, so I was very homesick to be with my grandmother and my aunt. So tell the audience, um, they would like to know, did you, did you know your mother? Did you see her? Did you have a yeah. relationship with her or did she just come out of yeah. nowhere and take you away? No, she was, she was around. She, she was in and out. Um, I don't have a lot of memories of her from my early childhood when I lived with my grandmother and my aunt. I'm, my memories are predominantly of my grandmother and my aunt. Yes. Um, and they were my they were my mom and dad for, for lack of better terms, but yeah. they were the one who gave me everything, the security, the comfort. Um, but when, so my mother was not a stranger when she moved me into her home with her, she was someone I knew. Um, but it just, it was uncomfortable because nothing was familiar. And, you, and were you happy about this? Usually kids are really happy, Connie, when they're finally able to see their parent and move in with them. Like they've been long, they've been longing for this moment to happen. And it just, that was not the case for me. Right. We see. <laughs> you really that was not something that I longed for. Like I was home when I was with my grandmother and my aunt. That was my home. Your aunt and was more of a mother to you? Say that again. Was your, was your aunt? Your sister's mother, your sis, your mother's sister, correct? Was your aunt? Was yes, she correct. Was of a mother to you? She was a mother to me and my grandmother was a mother to me. So I had two moms. Yeah, I was very lucky and I was very protected. I was very taken care of, you know. Um, but to go from that to my mother who was my mother um and she tried god love her she i remember falling on my bike and she would fix my wounds and she was very gentle with me when i got sick she would take care of me but she just really lacked 
an ability to 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 provide outside of herself. Um, it just wasn't mothering wasn't like in her purview, if that makes Motherhood sense. Motherhood was not it for her. No, no, she's a, a fabulous businesswoman, and um, she carried herself well. And but being a mom was not you know, the nurturing, loving, getting down to my level, that kind of stuff was not in her wheelhouse. And so tell us about your father. Was your father in the picture ever, Connie? No, um, he, he was, he and my mother, their divorce was final by the time I was six months. And he had actually, I, I've never met him. And uh, the story is that he actually had stabbed her in the stomach when he found out she was pregnant because he did not want to have to deal with a baby. That's um, deep. That's like that, over the top. Yeah. And she told me that when I was like eight or nine years old and mm. asking about him, it was, it was right around the time I was starting to, to realize that, that there was a biological father for me. Like I was figuring, piecing all this together. I was about eight or nine. And she told me this story about him stabbing her in the stomach. And she showed me her scar on her stomach just below her belly button. And I mean, just just to, to take that in as a child That's that nice. someone did not want me so much that they were willing to hurt my mom to get rid of me. Like, you know, that that's a heavy thing for a kid to hear. Yes, it is. Okay, so. Yeah. Connie, so you, you got through that. That was something you had to get through. So when you went to live yeah. with mom, what happened? What took place? When you went to that unfamiliar home, did you ever start feeling comfortable with her? I... What was that? What was that environment like? Did she was she was just, raising you? It was very lonely. Um, it was very the whole place was very adult. There was nothing set up for me, the kid. She didn't make it seem like a child. Like she'd have your roommate at like the girl stuff. I, and the the little I had a room, and I was allowed to bring some of my toys with me. But I do not remember anything special, like kid like about. Oh it. yeah, it, like I remember my. My strawberry shortcake setup, my see, my Michael Jackson little setup, my 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 stand, my TV, my bed. My mom always yes. It was the animals. She never had anything. She didn't have you know. You get your kids' room ready. Yeah, right. That's no, it. Uh, you no. Did it adult like wait. What? I was basically her roommate. Like hey. I, I was. Yeah, um, like, but were, she did. No, I don't want to. She did take care of me, like I said, like when I hurt myself or when I was sick. Um, and she, she you know, cooked meals and she didn't have motherhood embedded she, in her. It it wasn't in her blood. It was not. So Connie, um, that make you and it was it was shortly like did you ever tell your grandma Go ahead. To take me back? Oh, yes, I called my grandmother all the time and I would cry and I would ask them to come get me and um, I would tell my mom, I, I really want to go home. I, I want to be with grandma. I want to be with my aunt. And um, 
I, I do remember, and there were no, I didn't have any friends. There were no kids on the street. And I, I just, it was low. I was lonely. I was so lonely. <laughs> I just I wanted to go imagine. home. Like um, I just, I get this yeah. picture with you and your grandma and your aunt. It was so fun. It was happy. There was food there. There was love there. It was warm there. Like I could feel like there was probably. And play. Home. They played with play. me. Yeah, there was play. Like they, they, we played. I played kitchen and I played cooking and I played make believe and right they there. read books to me. Mostly, it was mostly my aunt doing all of this. Um, my grandmother was not quite a player, uh, although she was she was very big and and smiley. Um, and that was the the alcohol, which I did not know at the time, um, but. And and to her credit, she quit alcohol cold turkey. She just said, I'm done. And she banned it from the refrigerator, from the house, and nobody was allowed to bring it in. And she just, bam, she was done. She just made that decision. Yeah, but her daughter wasn't, which was your mother. No. And her... that's another thing. Your mother, your mother was an alcoholic. Did she do yeah. drugs too, Connie? That she did do drugs. Um I watched her do drugs. I watched her. She also, when I was a little bit older, did uh, pharmaceutical, like got into pharmaceutical stuff. Um, watch her. But it's, and the, mo the biggest thing I remember is the mood or the personality shifts. Mm -hmm. um, because when she was sober, she was one way. But then when she was uh, below consciousness, it was a whole different personality that I had to adjust to as a kid. Yeah. It was too, Which, her yeah. personalities were different. And that's what happens yeah. when you come from a family with addiction, you see those different personalities. And so you, you do to stand guard. You have to. Yes, yes. Very, you, yes, you learn how to watch the signs and you learn how to move around the addict when they're when they're below consciousness um it's it's a very precarious way of living and you started living this way at the age of five when you left grandma and yes yeah and it was not long after that within a year she, we moved out of that house and into another situation okay, where about that situation. She, How old were you at this time? So this is like around six-ish. Um, she had taken, I, and it's just pops of memories that I remember, but I remember her taking me to this family's house that a family I had never met and my bags were packed and she left me there and they had a daughter and and so I was I was I guess hanging out with this new family <laughs> and that their daughter and I were playing and their daughter was well she handled her baby dolls differently because I was always very careful with my baby dolls and loving with my baby dolls and and this girl spanked her dolls and punished them 
um, which was something that I had never really experienced. My grandmother, my aunt never punished me ever. Um, and so when I think I went to the bathroom or I went and did something. And when I came back, that little girl had my doll and was spanking my doll. And I just remember going hot and seeing red. And the next thing I know, I was just wailing on her. I had my doll, but I took her doll and I was beating her with her doll. Um, so much so that she was screaming and both her parents had to come in and and they eventually peeled me off of her and I just remember I couldn't stop I couldn't stop clawing and screaming and kicking and I I just I was out of control I was raging I was raging I was just everything all the all the confusion all the unfamiliarity all the all the desire to be back home, everything that I had been living with came out of me on that little girl. And so for her parents to get a hold of me, they they had to lock me in a coat closet. Um, How long were you there for? Did that, you know, I was, <laughs> I have no concept of time, but I can tell you this much. I remember ripping all the coats down and banging on the door and scratching at it and and the hangers were falling on me and then eventually I, I just kept screaming and crying but I realized I had my baby doll in there with me like they threw my baby doll in there with me so I had my baby so I, I gathered up my baby and I rearranged all the coats and I made a pallet and made sure my baby was comfortable covered and safe and I got myself comfortable and I think I just cried myself to sleep and I don't know how long I was in there, but the, the next thing I remember is that door, which the only light I had in there was from around the door and they opened it and it was so bright and they said, your mom's coming and they had my stuff packed and it was right by the front door and the, the coat closet was right by the front door and and I was like, oh, okay, so my mom's coming, and I have my baby doll, and um, then my, they open the front door, my mom's coming up this lawn with this white dress, and her hair all pretty, and a white flower in her hair, and she's so happy, and she says, oh, uh, Connie, I want you to meet your new dad. This is his name, and this is going to be your name. Your new name is Connie and then she made me spell the name and spell it over and over and make sure I spelled it right. And this is your new name and this is your new dad. And he was down there by this green, some kind of 1970s car. It was, it was like avocado green and he was leaning up against it and she was all happy and he was just back there by the car. And, and that was it. I never saw that family again. And I have my baby doll. So um, I guess, you know, I was lucky because I never had to go back to that house again. They, I, I assume they probably told my mom what I did. Um, but she I don't know. You. She didn't tell you. So maybe they didn't. Nobody said anything to me. And it was just like, it was just like a bad dream or something. It sounds like a bad dream because just think, just picture you're a little girl. You're going through all these transition well not even trans like these events or these things are happening 
and you're little and you're looking around up to all these unfamiliar faces, places. And everything, everything, the smells. But that, but it, that's all I wanted. It's like, I need to go back home. <laughs> I need to go. Did you? I, that's all I wanted. So it's like, you're just living in a bad dream, you know? Like, am I awake? Like, am I going to wake up? Like what? So that's why you're over here, like raging out and doing these things because that's like really what you really feel. And it just, it, it was, it was like a Pandora's box in this, this, it's almost like I turned into a monster and just was just raging just had no control no ability to to stop but you saw her beat on that baby girl you went crazy you like was like <laughs> I just thought this, this just it's just I just couldn't do it I just couldn't allow the thought of someone spanking my baby doll and um, you were already protecting and you were already in that mode of knowing that this isn't right you're with yeah. strangers you've never met before you've met you don't know these people you've just been dropped no. off with some people you don't know honey and even at that age I think and I think too that parents think that at five years old you have no sense of right what's going on you'll forget you're young you don't know so I can just take you here but no kids know at five kids basically kids know when they're babies that yes. they're in a safe place or not yes at babies they're smart they're intelligent and people still on it they underestimate even a baby that's born that just came into the world that they don't know and they do know they're getting they do know the smell just everything yeah. right yeah we are some powerful people here. Yeah. So how did how would you think that we don't know? Or <laughs> yeah. and it was so it was so hard for me to to um, assimilate in that home with that family um, because I I had no clue who these people were and my mom left and I was She's like an alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> So she's on a whole different, her mind's all level. <laughs> she yes. thinking. Yeah. She's always trying to drown her thoughts with alcohol. You drown your thoughts. You don't, you're not thinking <laughs> like you're just like, you're flooded. Your brain's flooded. You, how do you, you don't, you're not even making, you don't even know when you wake up the next day, what you did yesterday. So she don't even know what she's, that she just dropped you off to this family. She's not thinking it yeah. through. Yeah. Alcohol is, you know. That's it. And from my perspective, all I knew is that, that I just had to adjust. Okay. I'm here with these people I've never met. And I'm walking around looking at their home. And they're telling me this is here and that's there. And and my mom left. Like, like she's like, not here. She's What's gone. Going on, you guys? My mom's gone. I'm yes. <laughs> I just, and then I, I just remember being in that little girl's room and watching her play and thinking it was so bizarre how she was handling her toys and treating them. Like it felt like 
such disrespect or, or I, I don't know. I mean, it was just it, so unfamiliar from the way I played it, with my aunt and my grandmother. But she was displaying probably what's been going on in that home. Yeah. That's all. And, and well, and now that I, you know, now that adult me thinks about it, and I think if a kid were raging like that in my house, I would know that they were hurting, and I would try to and, and let them know I'm there, and then console them, and I get it, and this is very hard. Like you know, there'd be a lot of. I think as an adult. I can realize now, man, if they did that to her every time she lost her mind, they locked her in a closet, but you know? So yeah, you're right. It does did. make sense that she was showing kind of how she was treated in her home. Yeah, because that's exactly what they did to you. Yeah. They locked you in the closet. They, did, they took out the yeah. key, but they did you a different way. You'll have, you remember this for the rest of your, they put you in a closet. Who does that? Who are these? I just remember you being. Hold you and say, are you okay? Like, look, come on. Nothing. Okay. Let me lock you in the closet. Who does that? That's why this show, that's why Weekly Motivation is a podcast is a show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going yeah. to do a part two because we have run out of time in this story must continue because Connie has to share her story today. So we're Thank here. you. Yes. So you're up for part two, Connie? I'm up for part two. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I just, I, the audience, they, they deserve to hear it because someone else is going through this or know someone that's going through this. And another thing is that Connie and most people, they won't help. Most people, they suffer in silence. They don't tell what's going on with them or ask questions or people will see someone that's going through these things, a child, and won't help that child. We'll keep it like, oh, it's not my business. What kind of world are we living in? So I just, so we're going to continue here. Let's get off. Let's take a break. And, I'll, and I am going to let you know when we're ready and we're going to come right back on. Yes? Okay. All right. So let's yes. here and then we're going to do part two with Connie McNett, ladies and gentlemen. So stay tuned and we'll be right back on. So 